going to a starting strength seminar, you're interested in being a coach, maybe you're working with some people, uh, what's, what would you recommend in terms of going forward? Um, I can think of two kinds of people, a person that's coach, a person who's wanting to become a coach, do the evaluation, maybe they failed, or you haven't uh, tried yet, what do you recommend a person to do to become a coach? If you want to become a coach, you're going to have to prepare to become a coach. All right. What's your college background? It's not science, not sciences. What is it? I have a uh, master's degree in divinity. Nice. Yeah, what's the seminary? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like Jordy. helpful in the weight room, isn't it? No, look, make it easy. Hold on. Can I do a super Please fast answer? It's so easy. This is such an easy this is such an easy answer. Right? What makes you better at deadlifting? Uh, to actually deadlift. To deadlift. What makes you better at coaching? Coach everybody and get your hands on, man. Co coach, go volunteer your time at Boys and Girls Club. Volunteer your time at high school. Train homeless guys. Don't train your wife. Train your aunt How and uncle. How far along right. are you? Good. Train everybody you can. How far along are you stuff. on your linear progression? Keep going. Yeah. You're going to learn more from training yourself at first than any other, any other way. Uh, we, we tell people this all the time. If you want to be a starting strength coach, you're going to have to probably have completed the process of the novice progression yourself, personally. Because until you do that, you don't really know what we're doing, and you certainly don't know what to expect from the person that you're coaching. Because you haven't done it yourself. You have, to, you have to have trained yourself. You have to uh, have trained 10 to 20 at a bare minimum people all the way through their starting strength linear progression. You have to have read the books. That's, that's the blue book. Uh, so the starting strength basic park bell training uh, third edition. And then you have to have read practical programming. I would read Mark, I would read Rip's forum from front to back, go all the way back to the archives, read it all the way to the front. I would watch all the videos, read as many of the articles you can get through, and then I would contact a local coach and see if you can pal around with them or intern with them just to make sure that your coaching chops are up to speed. And at that point, you've, set, you've put yourself in a good position for, hey, I, I think I've got what it takes to pass the platform evaluation and then pass the written test. But uh, the problem is people don't do that. People have kind of gone through an LP, but not. They've taken some people who came in their gym saying, I want strength training through a novice LP, but everybody else they didn't do that with, right? They didn't read the forum. They haven't read the books in depth enough. And so when they get here, they're relying on a small amount of practice that they've had doing the thing that they're being tested on, right? And some people can fly with that. They're like, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm good. I'm adaptable and that, that's their thing. But most people crash horribly. And because you haven't seen enough people fuck up, and so you can't fix it. You don't have enough tools in your toolbox, right? You don't have enough resources. You can't tell if some, oh, is that arm actually vertical, or is that, uh, I, you haven't seen enough. So that's, that's just why, what it requires. And I think that applies to anybody, science background or not. Because even if you don't have a science background, you're, you have, if you read the books and you actually look up all the terms you don't know, now you have a science background. Sufficient for this, sufficient for this uh, certification. So we talked a, a lot about food as a recovery agent. Um, outside of Jordan's website, obviously, what are some, some good educational nutrition resources out there? None? 
<laughs> oh, it's like asking me outside of starting strength, what other books about weightlifting should you read? Oh, barbell training. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. there aren't any. Yeah, there really, there really aren't. There aren't any. Yeah. For nutrition. That's why we're here. Yeah. You, you want to know about nutrition and strength training? It's like a black art, yeah. you know, in a way, which is, which is cool, but need more. Need it's more unfortunate. Info. Yeah. Unfortunate. All right. Dale. All right. So let's say hypothetically there's a young man around 21, 22 years old, um, and he's put on 70 to 90 pounds in about a year. Hashtag asking for a friend. Is that what this uh, is? Yeah. <laughs> asking for. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So, and basically. This certainly doesn't apply to anyone here in this is, room, uh, Yeah. No. His, and his uh, doctor is pretty much in shock that he would go from 14.1 to 26.5% body fat because that's basically like AIDS and cancer but worse. Um, and his mom thinks that his bones might grow too big for his body. Yeah. His, uh, Stick out. <laughs> yeah. Sticking out of the and, skin. Uh, right. And his classmates yeah. uh, and so-called acquaintances um, think that his butt is way too big. Right. How does he uh, go about living life without being a total outcast? But, okay. Yeah. Well, so. look. <laughs> and not know, worrying people that he cares if, about. If this particular guy is, in fact, kind of a chubby little fuck, okay, <laughs> maybe he ought to tighten his diet up a little bit, okay? Because we don't want you to grow a big old giant glommy ass with little bumps all over it, okay? We don't want that to happen. Not, not speaking to you, of course, but I, you, you, you may have gone a little overboard with the, uh, with the gallon of milk a day, <laughs> and uh, the answers are in my famous article called A Clarification that's on the website that I find myself posting in response to about one-third of the new posts on my Q&A recently. Uh, it's discussed in that article you've misinterpreted something, all right? Read the article, all right? Reese. So this is the most common question I get uh, from clients. Um, what this uh, sort of training does for your heart health. And I was wondering what you guys uh, say to your clients when they ask that question um, in regards to you know, weight training and heart health and why it's sufficient enough uh, for your heart health rather than well, going out and doing you cardio. you got the numbers on that? Numbers on heart health? Yeah, cardiac effects of weight training. Well, blood pressure, heart rate. Do you want me to like, rate. okay, all right. So in response to blood pressure, uh, the overall net effect of resistance training alone without any cardiovascular exercise is to lower systolic and diastolic blood pressure uh, by a handful of points. Now, usually this is volume dependent, so the more you train, the more it goes down. Uh, and for some folks who are actually have high blood pressure, it may not fully correct that. Okay. That being said, resistance training and weight loss for people who are overweight and have high blood pressure seems to work really well. <clears throat> for cardiac output and resting heart rate, heart rate tends to go down a few points uh, for people who don't have an elevated resting heart rate. That means people who are very out of shape and sedentary. By getting them in the gym, their resting heart rate goes down a lot more than the person who was not previously sedentary. Uh, as far as effect on overall mortality and morbidity, uh, so that are, those are disease complications from cardiovascular related sources. The data is actually pretty clear that the strongest quartile as measured by either leg press or hand grip dynamometer or upper body press uh, tends to, has the lowest mortality and lowest morbidity uh, of disease when correcting for things like smoking status, uh, age demographic, uh, and even uh, uh, cardiorespiratory fitness. 
All right. Now, there is a minimum of cardiorespiratory fitness that you need to attain to uh, basically have the highest survival. All right. But for most folks, that's actually attained from actual training. There's a small group of people that will need to do additional training. The real question people are asking you is, well, what else do I need to do to not die early? That's what they're really asking you. And, and the answer to that is, well, right now, when you're novice, nothing for most people, unless they're morbidly obese. If they're morbidly obese, then hey, that's a different situation. But if they're not, they're gonna take the 12 to 16 weeks, run through the novice progression, unfucked with, okay? And then after that, you can add conditioning in. You know, and that, that's likely gonna help them. But, you know, nothing's going to kill you in 12 to 16 weeks that, that you can't train with. You see what I'm saying? So you would, whatever you have that would actually kill you in that amount of time, you wouldn't be able to train with anyway, so. In other words, somebody walks in off the street that's not a you know, BMI at 50. And they say, what do I need to do besides weight training? And you say, nothing. Yep. You start messing with their diet. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's your, your main challenge. And then you can layer on other stuff. All right. Can you guys what talk about uh, injuries that immediately would require surgical intervention and would not allow now? training? Say again? So like, for example, you know, a torn meniscus, you cannot squat. I don't know that that's true. People squat with torn meniscus and torn I've ACLs torn all the time. Well, that was just years. an example. I'm saying like any yeah, you possible tear, yeah. soft tissue, you, uh, bony you injury, your yeah, you have off. a broken femur, you can't right. train. You tear your, you tear your pelvis your, is yeah. fractured, you can't train. If, if you have something that's affecting the uh, structural integrity, integrity of your musculoskeletal system such that the leverages have now changed, you can't usually train with those. So that would be a ruptured tendon, a torn muscle, all right, uh, that would be uh, some defect in uh, uh, any of the soft tissues that otherwise change your leverage. You can't train train with those. Although you can train, right? Like yeah. you can train, you, you can just train can't. That. You can't bench, sure. right? You break your ankle, so, you can train, you just can't squat. Now, are you asking right? you about medical conditions that might prevent someone from training, or are you speaking specifically about injuries? Specifically injuries. Yeah, so I mean, orthopedic damage that yeah, affects exactly. the actual movement pattern you're trying to execute. Yes. Right. Uh, hernias that are big enough requiring repair, you usually don't want to train on those because you're going to Valsalva anyway, so you need to get those repaired sooner rather than later. And you I did for 17 years, though, and just poked it in for 17 oh, years. Yeah. No, I then, for real. And then finally had the surgery. Yeah, but, but at some point you know, it's so big that it won't reduce, and sure. that's a emergent situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know. uh, if you've got bone-on-bone uh, bone knee, <laughs> well, I, I, I know some people that claim to train on that thing so, back here does, right, well, Dad? So, but <laughs> I recommend that you just go ahead and get that fixed, okay? I mean, it's not going to heal up, so get it fixed. We have the technology. A bone-on-bone bone hip, you really need to get that fixed. It's 2017. One of the few advantages of it being 2017 is that we can fix that now. All right? All right just get that fixed. Right? But, uh, yeah, that's, that's basically the deal. All right, so my question is to do with programming. Uh, so I deal with chronic injuries with my hips. Uh, I've had really shit hips since I was in football and everything. What's so, wrong with them? Uh, I've, I'm getting an MRI probably pretty soon. We're pretty sure. It's, I think I have some sort of labrum tear, but we're not really sure. Okay. Um, Wait, you said it hurt 
for how long? Oh, it's been off and on forever. I'll, I'll be good for like a month. My squats are going up. Something happens, and like every other step I take, just sharp pain goes away. Then it's achy for a week, and it just repeats the cycle. So with that said, I kind of you don't have an MRI diagnosis. No, I don't. So I need to go. I don't right. yeah. step, get that. Probably need but to. But in the meantime, I've been able to increase my bench press and overhead press pretty steadily. And but whenever I reset my squat and deadlift, I reset it to you know get everything feeling better. Um, I can continually rise my bench press and stuff. At what point is it a good idea to just go on with the advancement? You know, go to a your lifts will change in advancement at different rates. Okay. So you don't go from being a novice to an intermediate on yeah. all four lifts on the same day. Yeah. So you'll move to intermediate programming, usually on press and bench first anyway, yeah. because there's less well, muscle I've mass. <clears throat> and so you just progress your bench okay. and press like a more advanced lifter, like the more so advanced lifter you are. would it be like an advanced program for bench and a yes. for squats? Yep. Yes. That's okay. exactly what it'll be. Okay, cool. And then you'll do novice linear progression on your hips and, yeah. and your deadlift, right? By the way, does the deadlift bother your hips? Yeah. It does. Okay. It doesn't bother mine. My hips are fucked up, too. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I do have MRI evidence of bilaterally torn hip labrums. So I was wondering. So I moved to California, and my hip started hurting. So I thought it was just California, and that's what Rip said. But uh, <laughs> the place that I was training at was, had a, was uneven. The whole thing was on a slant. And I thought it'd be okay to just squat and deadlift on that for a while. It turns out it's not. But... Um, yeah, so my hip, my left hip started hurting, so I got an MRI, bilaterally torn hip labrums, and the uh, radiologist was like, yeah, he's probably been torn for years. You just now are symptomatic, so figure out why you're symptomatic. So then I started squatting on a flat surface. Uh, I reduced my frequency until it settled down, and I haven't had it come back. Uh, I had an all-time squat PR uh, pretty recently as well. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend contacting Dr. John Patrizzo on this. So we had a pretty extensive discussion on the – Recovery rates and how people do with labral tears, if that's what it is. But you're, you're going to need an MRI. So so I've been talking to some more experienced lifter friends of mine. Okay. More self-taught, you know, along the same lines. And one of the things I hear about this program specifically oh, is, shit. is that, <laughs> is that um, it can go, you can uh, go like T-Rex mode because of the emphasis on squat and deadlifting over What's like arm mean? and exist. Yeah, like you get big quads, you know. Small arms. And so they, they caution me. No, they caution me that I should just I should I should do a higher volume or a higher intensity or more accessory exercises for like you know bicep curl you know stuff like that. Right. As opposed you know to just running it. And after the seminar this weekend, my whole body's what? hurting. So like I feel like that's probably not true. You know like because I am working those muscles. But I don't know if you had response to that. So uh, it, that hasn't been our experience. <laughs> that's what I thought. That's what I thought. Well, okay. the criticism the criticism stems from the idea, well, you squat every day first and you deadlift two and then you only bench or press three times a week. That doesn't call, uh, uh, take into consideration you're doing chins and pull-ups regularly, right? So the actual number of slots, lower body slots per week, if you are doing three squats per week plus deadlift and power clean, so that's five lower body slots. Then you have bench, press, and bench, or press, bench, and press. That's three plus chin-ups and pull-ups, so that's five as well there. Plus, you do curls, which we talk about in the book. I mean, so I'm just saying, from a, from a volume, volume equates, equating standpoint, uh, they're effectively even. Now, they say, well, well, all right, that's a novice plan, but later on, you need more volume for upper body, right? That's the, you need more volume for upper body. Well, to that, I say, that's bullshit. Uh, my, my personal programming right now, 
I have six upper body slots and six lower body slots, and the volume is equivalent from both, okay? And I'm not saying use my anecdotal experience to, you know, tell your friends that they're full of it, but I don't necessarily look like a T-Rex either, right? Do you agree? Yeah. So, so, and it's, I'll just Although you do need to gain about 30 pounds. I'm just glad it's 30 now because it used to be 100. Yeah, well, that was when you were weighing 135 when, right. we, I met when we first ran into you. It was 100, 176 pounds, uh, Capita's a 181, and Rip Remember. goes, you need to be good 275. <laughs> a little nasty, but, yeah. But the, the other thing is I that, still think you'd, you'd be a hell of a 275. You'd squat, like you know. 900 pounds? 900. How many more dates would they give me? A bunch of dudes. I got into this for women, and it's just been dudes. <laughs> so this is your that, fault. You know that hadn't been my experience. <laughs> <laughs> that might that might be just be me. Justin. Um, yeah. So you guys were just talking about uh, like osteoarthritis, and I know there's a big population that has that, especially weightlifters, and well as well as just what osteoarthritis. Osteoarthritis. Weightlifters have more osteoarthritis than the general public. Well, there's just a big population that has it in what? weightlifting, but also like desk jockeys and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um, have you guys heard anything about like um, stem cells? Like, I know there's some talk about stem cells being used to like regrow grow cartilage versus. Uh, Versus like surgery alternatives. Sorry, <laughs> uh, Kirkham just had uh, put it in his neck. He got stem cells. He had like in he had his pin firing like a like no, a. No, he had stem cells. Oh, did he go out of, out of the country for that? No, they're doing it in Salt Lake. They went down oh, his. For a research I got a picture yeah, of it. So the on problem the with stem cells right now is not that yeah, I, 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 I could to to be clear. I have no idea if they actually have a lot of promise because um, we haven't studied them very very well. We've got a lot of laws that are compromising our ability to study them in this country. And I have not seen uh, oodles and oodles of data suggesting. And there probably won't be any more data on that than there are on steroids right now because they're difficult. Yeah. They've made it difficult to answer the question. Yeah, I'm hopeful that we find out soon, and then I'm hope and I'm also hopeful that it's positive because it would, could help yeah. a lot of people. It would be real nice. But uh, interestingly, in general, the more active you are, the more exercise that you do, uh, the less pain you have from even radiographic diagnoses of osteoarthritis. So when you have somebody with severe osteoarthritis, you want to get them to be active and you want to get them to train because their pain will actually decrease just from that versus trying to find the right pain cocktail to give them, you know. So we'll Patrick. find out. Um, so if my squat form is good, is it? I don't know that we can assume that. Okay. <laughs> sorry. I had it once, buddy. <laughs> So, or sorry, if my rack position is fairly good, right. then why would I have bilateral elbow pain? If you're in the press. No. No, in the, you think your squat is causing your elbow pain. I and mean, it very well may be. I don't know what your, I didn't look at your rack position. It, yeah, his, pain elbow, is, his elbows are down, his uh, wrists are straight. Well, and they, he may have, you may have fixed them for him yesterday. No, he's a pretty good squatter in general. We see him every day. So squats well, are fine. He here's, just, as a general rule, tendonitis uh, is hard to get rid of once it's established. Okay. You may have, you may have good squat form now uh, in terms of your grip. And that, that the current grip may not be aggravating your elbows, but if they're pre-aggravated, 
from a previous form error, they tend to stay that way a while. I mean, my knees have had, I've had quadriceps tendonitis for about 30 years. Is that from Murph? That's from all kinds of stupid things that I've done. And uh, no, Murph was not among them. Uh, I was never that stupid, okay? I've been stupid, but I've never was that stupid. But it's, it's uh, I'll tell you how stupid I was. I came into gym one day, a long time ago, and I had this program written down. And, oh, I know this story. And this day, uh, I was supposed to do 515 for a set of five, right? And I was overtrained like I normally was, so I take 515 out of the rack, and I got a double with it, and it was a bone-on-bone -bone limit double. And I told my spotters to give me three forced reps so I could get the <laughs> set of five. Yep. Now that is stupid. <laughs> you gotta read. You gotta read. That his, is stupid. You gotta read his training log sometime if you ever. You know, you could publish some of those. So the, the dates are all in yeah. Norse, co like Norse code, or like by the you know zodiac. So that you know, there. Yeah, it's an amusing little record of having learned the hard way. Got kicked by all of this today. shit. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, got kicked St in the still head. Still trained. By. So uh, I know from experience, tendonitis is very difficult to get a hold, get rid of once you get it embedded. Uh, maybe the stem cells thing would help tendonitis. I don't know. Maybe PRP would deal with tendonitis. I don't know. I just quit worrying about it a long time ago since everything I did didn't work. Okay, so I would suggest that you continue to squat with the correct, the, the corrected grip position, corrected carry position in the back and see what happens to your elbow. Yeah. It, it's gonna take more than a couple of weeks to go away. Well, it only seems to bother me though when the weight gets heavy, you know. In it's the there all the time. It's just not bothering you until the weight gets heavy. And it may be, and probably the natural history of that will be that it bothers you less and less at lighter and lighter weights, only bothers you at heavy weights, and finally you don't notice it one day. That's yeah. probably what will happen. It usually goes away as enigmatically as it came that's, on. That, that's almost always the case. I had fasciitis yeah. one time uh, when we bought the, the building. Uh, the gym is in. We remodeled it. I was on a ladder every day for about four months. And I had plantar fasciitis so goddamn bad I couldn't walk. God almighty. And one day it just was gone. People spent fortunes trying to get this thing fixed and it just went away. Yep. And I've had elbow pain do exactly the same thing. I've had the queer veins and this thing right here. Bothering the hell out of me one day. I, God, it didn't hurt today. I didn't even notice it didn't hurt. It just comes and goes. Tendonitis is uh, pretty weird stuff, you know. Have you tried the chin-up protocol? Mm, no, not, well, not really. Well, maybe you ought to do that. Because that seems to work basically every time it's tried. Give that a shot. Why, why have you not tried that? Uh, just because I did, 
I mean, I feel like I just try to suck it up or so I you, just don't want to interrupt the other training to the best of my ability. I don't know that it'll interrupt your other training. It certainly won't interrupt your squatting or your deadlifting. Especially not after the, might bother your deadlifts a little bit because of grip fatigue for a couple of weeks, but you'll get used to that. Well, you've, you've read my chin-up elbow tendonitis protocol. Try it. It, pro it probably will fix it, all right? 